With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 11 o'clock. Welcome in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Todd West and Chris along with you in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Thank you once again to our friend Jeremy Smith from the Garnet Trust for hanging out with us on the Garnet Trust Hour today. Obviously a lot going on in the NIL world. A lot of it relating to what's going on with the transfer portals. We continue to keep an eye on the latest with the Gamecocks. And yesterday afternoon, uh, I was on the air with Terry when this uh, news started to be reported a little bit, but uh, surprise, uh, Mario Anderson looking in to the transfer portal. Now, last check, he has not officially entered it yet. Conversations still ongoing, but it seems like he's leaning towards entering the transfer portal. I, I'm going to qu- credit West for this. This is another West doctrine, like the healthy transfer. I don't have a name for it, though. We haven't named it yet. But we'll, West we'll did, workshop that. We'll workshop it. Yeah, y'all help us out. Firehouse Subs text line, 803-4-4-6-100, if you have a name for it. Uh, but Wes pointed out when we were talking about this yesterday, um, you know, some interesting things. Because Anderson, you you sometimes see guys when they jump in the transfer portal, like it's kind of over, you know. Like a guy's either going to, boom, this guy's in the portal, or he puts out an announcement, or it leaks out. That, hey, he, he kind of like Juice Wells, like it kind of leaked out before he put out an announcement, hey, he's going to join sure. the portal, then somebody reports, hey, he's in the portal. Typically in this day and age, that means that a guy is moving on. It's not even like a free agent. People have equated it to free agency. Free agents, sometimes they'll go back and sign with their same team, sure. right? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but in normally now in college football, if a guy goes in the portal, yes, sometimes they go back, generally they're out. This one was a little bit different. It kind of happened, I think, earlier than we thought it would. Like, like knew behind the scenes, ah, this might be a possibility. We knew that Mario Anderson was mulling his draft grade, too. And, and I have no idea if he's – I think from what I've heard behind the scenes, some draft feedback is being gathered generally for some different guys. But this was one that was a little different because it seemed like the decision was not finalized. And so that's kind of where we're at. You know, it happened yesterday as far as it leaking out that he was considering entering the portal. That was accurate. He, he is mulling doing that. But not it's not a done deal as of right now. Well, I think these things move so quickly yep. these days that, um, you know, when, when, you get, when you get a national report like, hey, th- this guy will enter the portal. This guy's going to enter the yep. portal. Yeah, you, that's that's kind of that's become all right. They're entering the portal, and ninety nine percent of the time, that is the case. And you know, we I I trust the report. I mean, we had Pete on yesterday. It was like an uh, hour after we had him on that it came yeah, out. Yeah, Pete does a fantastic job. Uh, Matt Zenitz, who used to work with us at On Three, now is with Twenty Four Seven Sports. Those guys do a fantastic job. Their information was absolutely correct, but. You know, one thing we try to do on Gamecock Central is to give you some actual context and, 
you know, there, there's been times where there have been, you know, we, we will, if we don't have something completely entirely confirmed, we'll give, we'll say, hey, according to this report, this is happening. Um, there have been times where we have said, we've checked on something and, you know, we're not going to give a report front page attention on our site because we've checked and, and been told eh, that's not quite accurate. So, you know, with Mario, we didn't run a front page, hey, this guy's leaving story, um, not because it wasn't accurate, because the, the reporting is accurate, but because there's a little more context there, um, you know, that, that maybe maybe he's not really trying to leave. Maybe, um, you know, maybe there's some rash decisions potentially here as well. And, you know, I, I think uh, th- that's one thing we do try to provide, especially for our subscribers on Gamecock Central, is some actual context. We're not just going to uh, take what's out there and repurpose it and, and stuff like that, which is what you see on social media a lot these days. Yeah, and... So subscribe today is what Wait, I'm trying to that's say. That's right. A dollar for one month. That's your uh, ad read for Gamecock Central. Yes. You know, it, and a lot. Of, another thing you see, you know, the news does move very fast, like the news cycle. You get, and I'm, I'm, look, I do it too. Like I see something, and you have an immediate reaction. And so when you see such and such is going in the portal, boom, he's going in the portal, gone. Some guy, ah, dead to me. You know, whatever. Yeah, he's out. On. Yeah, you know, let's have let's let's have this like violent violently felt reaction of what's going to happen. Let's look forward. Who, who who can we replace? And you know, sometimes those moves do happen, and, and that's how they pan out. But you kind of with some of them, you got to wait a second, back up, see if there's anything else there. And with this one, there is. And um, gosh, I, I'm, I'm gonna be careful because I don't want to go into like every single little bit of it, right? But we are in just such an interesting era, right? And we talked about this last week that, you know, if you if you were a South Carolina fan and you were at the Auburn game, you know, 15 years ago and you saw Kenny Irons playing for Auburn and he started his career here, that was super weird. Now it's just a Saturday. It's just normal. Um, and so you have more options now. So you have NIL deals. You have the potential to earn pretty substantial amounts in some cases through NIL. You have agents that will uh, link up with some of these guys. And to be quite frank, some of them will, will tell them, I, I can get you this. You know, we'll need, to, we'll need to go to the portal, right? And, you know, that that's kind of a general statement on some things that you see. But, a lot of reasons and a lot a lot of reasons as you see the kids enter the portal nowadays, just generally, I mean, a lot of it is NIL driven. And some guys make good decisions on that front and some guys make decisions that you're like, I don't I don't really know if I see that. So let's look at it through this context of Mario Anderson obviously played at Newberry for a couple seasons, transferred to South Carolina. We didn't know how productive he could be at this level because that's a pretty sizable jump going from division two uh, playing in the sec and you know the offensive line obviously wasn't what we wanted it to be this season but despite that mario anderson still put in pretty respectable performances had several long touchdown runs put together some very good games so he sh- 
proved that he could compete at this level. Now, the thinking was, and again, he wasn't somebody that really thought might have the potential to leave, that he would come back next year, kind of be maybe that leading force in the running back room once again. And we imagined Beamer and company would go out in the transfer portal and maybe bring in one other guy. But um, now he's pursuing opportunities elsewhere where he would I assume want to be the number one back wherever Mm -hmm. he ends up going. And um, it's tough to gauge these kind of things, but I I don't know what the market for him necessarily is at other places. Yeah, I don't know either either. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll find out. I I think there, there's a trickle down effect here too, positionally that is very much comparable to the NFL. And, you know, I, I think you, you look at the NFL, what are your premier kind of priority positions where you see, um, you know, people spend draft picks on, you know, the higher draft picks, I should say, or, you know, frankly, get the bigger contracts. And, you know, I and I'm not even an NFL guy, but I think, it, you know, you look at quarterback, that, that's always going to be a big one. You look at true edge rush, like I can defeat the man in front of me type guys. You know, you probably look at what left tackle you look at if you're a true lockdown corner, that's one. And then you know, past that, if you're if you're an elite defensive tackle, if you're one of these like you know what I would call a new age defensive tackle, a guy that um, can get that interior pass rush push, that there's certainly a, a big market for that as well. But you know, it, it's been it's been talked about at the NFL level quite a bit too. Running back, you know, you have guys sitting out because they're like, hey, running backs just aren't taken care of the way other positions are. And you've seen the NFL as a whole, as a collective, just be like, okay, well, yeah. we're, we're going to go another route. And so I, uh, again, you got to be, you got to be careful with this stuff. We are, we're talking about kids' lives too. Sure. Um, so I want to be deliberate, but uh, you, you, you got to be very careful. I feel like if you're a player entering the portal or potentially entering the portal, looking for greener grass, um, you know, you, you just, you got to be careful. And so we'll, we'll see if, if, first of all, we'll see if he actually enters it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then we'll, we'll see what, what that looks like. I, I think you look at some guys, you know, you, you can, you can love it or hate it. And none of you listening are going to love it, but Juice Wells entering the portal. You can disagree with the decision, but, Gosh, Juice Wells is going to find a home. Like, he's going to go, I mean, we all saw him. Lane Kiffin in Columbia. Um, you know, he, he's going to have options. Sure. And so, so if Mario Anderson does, so will Mario Anderson. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm not saying he's, he, he came up huge for South Carolina this past season. Mm-hmm. Let's not, I hate when people, because they're upset with something, minimize, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, he wasn't very, no, he stepped up. And help the running game quite a bit. Um, however, you, you just you got you got to be careful, especially at a position that's not a premier position in football. It, yeah, this is not like a a walk on <laughs> entering the portal. And you okay? But I think you make a good point. I I am always when when people quote unquote bet on themselves, and it works out. That's typically celebrated, and and I'll celebrate that too. But you make a good point, Wes, that you got to be careful in the portal nowadays because there are there's some false promises out there. There are some 
misrepresentations of player value by people who have ulterior motives to do so. It, I posted something about this on Gamecock Central this morning because it was just on my mind. There's a lot of great agents out there, phenomenal agents, who represent, like like Spencer Rattler's agency team for NIL marketing, and he actually just signed with them for pro representation as well. They represent Patrick Mahomes. They they probably nego- a pretty good. They negotiated good the biggest quarterback contract in NFL history. They know what they're doing. Yep. Right. Chris Cabot and his team at Equity. They do a great job. They're great agents. Um, there are some agents, quote unquote, in this space that have no clue what they're doing. <laughs> Just being honest. Just being honest. They have no clue. And and they they will they will tell kids kind of whatever. Um, whether it's whether they know what they're doing or whether they don't, whether they just don't just don't know any better. What were you gonna say, Wes? I would say it's infuriating. <laughs> it, it really is, and so you know you can see how these things can get kind of twisted up, right? And so let, let's kind of apply this almost hypothetically to a player like Mario Anderson. You know, if if you're a guy, you have to kind of take that. It's kind of a risk. Right. If you go into the portal, do you know what's on the other side? Do you know that let's say you go you know, you go in the portal, will you get a comparable opportunity on the field at a place where you'd be happy? Will you get a comparable NIL deal to what you could have gotten in Columbia? Met if you're an in state guy, do you measure the trade off of leaving the state of South Carolina? when you could be a two-year guy in South Carolina and kind of be able to ride that for the remainder of your adult life, right? which is valuable. Maybe you're missing out on a little bit of money up front or something. Well, and look, there are a lot of hundreds of players that get left in the transfer portal each and every year that we don't talk about, but guys that think they might have opportunities elsewhere that either don't get any interest or don't jump on those opportunities in due time and they dry up by the time they come back around to those places. So there are hundreds of guys that jumped in last year that never found opportunities. Going to be guys that jump in this year that end up in the same boat. So it's always a a tricky situation for somebody like Mario Anderson, again, who's not officially entered the transfer portal, just flirting with the idea at this point in time that we will uh, keep an eye on uh, as that continues to progress. But, of course, South Carolina going to be looking most likely for one, maybe two running backs in the transfer portal. And one name that has jumped to the top of the list is obviously Rocket Sanders. We'll talk a little bit more about him and uh, get some insight from somebody out in Arkansas that talked about that uh, yesterday with myself and Terry. That's coming up. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Go back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Wesson, Chris, along with you, talking all things transfer portal. Obviously, Mario Anderson flirting with the idea, at least, of going in the transfer portal, but has not entered as of yet. We knew this was going to be a position running back that South Carolina was most likely going to have to address in the portal to some degree this offseason, maybe with one, and especially if Mario Anderson goes. Maybe you're talking about pulling in two guys. And one guy that we talked about that entered the portal as we were on the air yesterday out at Steel Hands Brewing in Casey was Rocket Sanders, obviously, of Arkansas. You obviously have the direct tie with um, you know, with Dow Loggins and the relationship that they have there. He's somebody that was looking at South Carolina coming out of high school and would obviously be a pretty welcomed addition to the running back room if South Carolina um, is uh, is able to land him and he's going to be coming into town for an official visit this upcoming weekend. Yes, he is. And so 
Rocket Sanders right now, guys. And I the, the one thing about Transfer Portal and the rankings for Transfer Portal is it is so fluid because unlike your high school rankings where just the ranking of a guy itself can change, um, it's fluid because different guys are getting added at all times. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it is still noteworthy at times, though. Rocket Sanders right now, the number seven overall transfer portal prospect in the entire transfer portal, number one running back in the transfer portal, and, you know, it is a guy who obviously is going to be highly sought after right now, expected in Columbia this weekend for an official visit. And I, I think, Chris, uh, t- tell me what you think, man. I, I feel like more and more we do see almost like a first-mover advantage for recruiting guys Your terms. the transfer portal. Uh, we, we do. like First-mover advantage – with the the trademark yes. logo, first mover advantage, uh, which is I think I stole that's like a business term I stole. But um, so it, in high school recruiting, we're like, hey, who gets the last visit? Who yeah. gets the visit yeah. before signing day? In transfer portal recruiting, it's like, nah, man, move fast, get on it, get yep. this dude on the phone, get him on your campus, and I don't think. You know, these guys are so – if they find what they're looking for, they're a lot of times really willing to just say, all right, I'm I, I'm in. And so I, I think in general you see guys maybe say, hey, I'm going to take two or three visits. Some of them just take one. But you just don't see the kind of, hey, I'm going to take five trips. I'm going to take this full month, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's big to get a Rocket Sanders on your campus at any point. But I, I think it's even bigger, man, to say, all right, you got him in. You got you got the first visit since Rocket Sanders hit the portal. And as we know, you've got some connections here, too. Yeah, and there's another good example of a guy that South Carolina was interested in out of the portal. You know, Chris Mitchell from FIU, he was at one point the top-ranked mm-hmm. portal guy in the country. And he talked to a bunch of coaches after he went in the portal. As a gra- he got an earlier start because he was a grad, so he could enter – the portal before it op- opened officially to everybody. He talked to a bunch of coaches. The plan was probably go take a few visits. Well, he took one. He went to Notre Dame, had a good visit, and I think maybe a day or two later, he committed to Notre Dame. Just in the process, nice and clean, find what you're looking for and do it. And so if you're South Carolina, you would love for that to be the case with Rocket Sanders. You know, because, again, we talked about this yesterday. You look at Rocket. I don't know if, like, Georgia will go after him, right? I don't know for sure that, like, Kentucky will. But Kentucky, FSU, there have been a bunch of schools that have been reported of, like, hey, they will probably look at him. But if you're the Gamecocks, you know they were on this thing as soon as he went in the portal. If you can get him in and get him committed and get it done, that's best-case scenario. Let's play devil's advocate here a little bit. Uh, Yesterday on the halftime show, myself and Terry Ford had Ty Richardson, who's from Hit That Line out in Arkansas, an ESPN affiliate out there, that uh, gave his thoughts on what he's hearing the latest as far as Rocket Sanders goes and potential places he might end up if it's not in Columbia. Here's what he had to say. So uh, I think it's important to note that he does have a a young son, Raheem Jr., and that he's currently living in Florida. Uh, Rocket got a chance to go back and play in front of his son for the first time in Gainesville earlier this year. And it was one of the most emotional moments that personally I've ever been a part of. Uh, I got a, I got a, 
few pictures of him and his son after the game. Arkansas's lone SEC win. And Rockets' lone 100-plus yard performance all season. He was injured a good duration of the year. So that lends me to believe, and this is pure speculation on my part, because I've got an inside source on where he's going, but I think he's going to end up somewhere in Florida. I know South Carolina's been mentioned for not just him, but also K.J. Jefferson. I know 247 initially had that report, and I know Dow Loggins that connection. But I think playing in front of his son and, and getting the chance to, to be around more uh, definitely lends me to believe that he's going to wind up somewhere in Florida. And again, there's a lot of factors that go into why guys transfer. Some of it is NIL-related. Some of it is family-related. He's a Florida kid. He's got a son down in Florida. A lot of that um, will certainly be in consideration. That doesn't mean that South Carolina is excluded by any means, but those are factors that you might be up against in trying to get him to come here, ultimately. Yeah, I think there there are always factors like that. I still, um, you know, I, I think the fact South Carolina moves so quickly here, um, you know, you, you kind of like their chances, honestly, sitting here today, but... Uh, you know, there's you're not going to sign a Rocket Sanders without some hurdles uh, along the way. Yeah. So, I think if you're Carolina, you just you be prepared for that part of the conversation. You 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 show him what what options there may be there, and um, you know do do the best you can. But I, I think yeah, instantly online rumors again. Some of them, from my experience, some of them end up being hey, this is absolutely where a guy ends up. Some of them end up being completely, not fabricated, but just are way too, you know, I've noticed people will take a rumor and be like, oh, that guy's going there. (laughs) And so online, yeah, there was a lot of Florida State chatter. I I think people were kind of just connecting the dots. But, hey, if if he wants to play in the SEC still and wants a chance to to play quite a bit next year and be the number one guy, it – there's certainly a great situation to sell if you're South Carolina. Yeah, and you got the trust factor too. You know, I think having that connection to a couple guys on staff and, you know, with Dow Loggins not being his position coach, obviously, when he was at Arkansas, uh, not even being the OC at Arkansas, but just having that little bit of that trust, I think is big because Rocket Sanders is a guy that's going to go to a school, play a year want to make the absolute best of that year that he possibly can and then move on. And so going to a completely new environment, I mean, that's something you want to do if you go into the transfer portal, right? But being able to have a connection to a coach or to a program that makes that transition not easier, but makes it more comfortable for you and makes it to where you feel like you can maximize that final year, that's important. I think we we see that a lot with guys that enter the portal, and I think it'd be the same deal with him. And real quick, I know it's easy a lot of times, and I'm guilty too, to be like, well, hey, this guy's from Florida, or this guy's from that state. They want to get back to that state. Um, Rockledge, Florida, which I think is where Raheem is from. Uh, I should have double-checked that. But six-hour ride, six-and-a-half-hour ride from there to Columbia. You look at Tallahassee, yeah, Tallahassee is in Florida, but it's still a a four-and-a-half-hour drive. Uh, So I, I don't know... I don't know the inner workings of his his life. I don't know if his son lives there or not. I'm just going off of what um, you know the Arkansas guy said. I don't know if the son lives in Rockledge, but that uh, Florida's a big state. So potentially, if you're South Carolina, that may not be quite as big of a factor just in terms of the logistics um, as you might think on the surface. 
Absolutely, and we'll keep an eye on it as that uh, progresses. Again, Rocket Sanders coming into town for an official visit this upcoming weekend. Speaking of the transfer portal, an interesting guest was floating around Columbia yesterday. We'll talk about that coming up. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game on the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Uh, we know Lane Kiffin likes likes his college town, certainly enjoying his time out there in Oxford. Um, he was in town yesterday. Uh, I don't think he was in town to necessarily hang out and have a good time. I believe he was here to see some folks, but uh, kept it pretty cryptic on Twitter, posted an image of a golf cart, a couple of other images around town, but I think the speculation is that he was here to see one Juice Wells to potentially be a Ole Miss Rebel. Yeah, I think that's fair speculation there. Um, he, he was not on campus, by the way. I've seen I've seen that talked about. I think people like think that uh, Beamer was like, like Lane called up Beamer. It's like, hey, do you mind if I you know, use your office to meet with Juice, and Beamer's like, yeah, come on, man. No. He just kicked him out, put his feet up on the desk. Yeah, the whole just nine t- take it over. Yeah. Now, was um, it Lane or was it Joey Freshwater? There's a difference. This this was Lane. Depends on the time of day. <laughs> That's true. It, did anybody check the Vista or Five That's Points it. last night? Did anybody record these conversations? Joey was hanging out in Five Points last <laughs> night, I'm sure. It is Seriously, though, is there a different, um, like when Lane Kiffin was at, Tennessee for the one year. The blink and you miss you know, it. And then even at some of his other stops, Gamecock fans like despised him, okay. mainly because of the Alshon Jeffrey pump gas comments. Okay. I, f- I sense, and I could be wrong, and this could flip, like if, if Juice Wells goes to play for Lane Kiffin next year and then they play the Gamecocks next year, this will change again. I feel like Gamecock fans – are a little bit endeared to Lane right now because he's kind of funny. I feel like every fan base is kind of that way. Outside of maybe he's like, cha- like, like his- Mississippi State probably hates him because obviously the rivalry there, but I feel like most people yeah, the, like Lane to some degree. The, the, it seems like the, narr- the like the not the narrative, but the feeling on Lane has flipped a little bit. It, it's kind of softened over the well, years. Well, he's not, he's not a stick in the mud. He likes to have fun. He pokes the bear when it comes to Saban yeah. quite a bit. You know, he put up a funny TikTok on Thanksgiving the other day. Like, you know, he kind of embraces the social media side of things. I can see, like, why the vast majority of people like him now as opposed to 10, 15 years ago before social media and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, yeah, if, if he were to, you know, snatch up Juice Wells, I could see that, you know, relationship going south with a lot of Gamecock fans. If you just go to Lane's <laughs> Twitter, man, and just scroll through, like, the ultimate troll massive troll i mean the, and and you know a lot a lot of the coaches kind of just live in their own bubble like they're only tweeting about their own programs or retweet mm-hmm. most of them are just retweeting stuff about their program you know it, lane did, did y'all see the the student that trolled billy napier with yes the, that know, was great great but also what a little you know what like <laughs> But and and Napier to his credit, he actually took it in stride and laughed. He did. And, he did. You know, kind of mushed the kid's head and was like, "Get out of here!" But um, Kiffin retweets that. Um, it's kind of like presented without comment. I feel like it takes the picture of a Gamecock golf cart. Um, One million views, by the way, for that on Twitter. Mm. Um, lots of gifts. The the own three report of Walter Nolan entering the transfer portal. Lane retweets that. Um, he even posted this story about the 
new Mississippi State defensive coordinator earlier. That is former South Carolina assistant Coleman Hutzler, That's right, Mississippi right. State defensive coordinator. Um, and, and yet he he tweets. He actually tweeted this story. Yeah. Like he didn't even retweet it. It's and put in the headline with clapping and the fire emoji. So I was that hey, I'm gonna score fifty points on this defense. Or? Well, Coleman Coleman worked for him at Ole Miss, right? I think so. so. Did he? Yeah, because Coleman and and Jeff Leiby worked together at Ole Miss, and I believe that would have been that's the connection. Yeah, yeah. He's just it's it's like you don't really know what he's thinking, and if you talk to some people that have interacted with Kiffin or even worked with him, they are just like he is an absolutely brilliant play caller, but just a different dude. He's just a different guy. He's Um, an enigma. Think well, is the right remember way to when describe he came him. on the scene? He that's a great word, Enigma. When he came on the scene, he was doing things like accusing Urban Meyer of breaking, you know, NCAA rules, and just he wasn't super likable. And sure. now, it's just it's just different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah, he's kind of hilarious. Yeah, no, and again, like I feel like ninety five percent of people like him to some degree as you know maybe for mississippi state fan you don't because of the rivalry there and maybe some alabama fans don't like him or for whatever reason i i thoroughly enjoyed his time when he was in alabama and the dynamic between him and Saban was almost kind of like watching stepbrothers in real life but um <laughs> but yeah he was in columbia yesterday tweeted the thing about the golf cart and i think juice also had something referencing a golf cart on his instagram later that kind of kind of ties those two things together which again there's a lot of programs are looking into juice wells we've heard the text speculation from uh, pete nakos yesterday that seems to be kind of maybe the heavy favorite here but obviously a lot of places courting him and uh, seeing if he can come to their program yeah i mean i think texas tennessee ole miss if you were starting to kind of set the the schools to keep an eye on those are the three maybe you know there there will be others that that pop in you know i heard some speculation maybe you know maybe a florida state I have not heard that, uh, you know, as far as information, just more online speculation. But uh, Juice Wells is going to have a market. Like, there's there's going to be people that, that want him to come play for their school, obviously. And currently number one wide receiver in the own three transfer portal rankings. So, yeah, he's talented, man. Well, and I think to, to kind of tie this in to South Carolina, you know, we were talking about this yesterday some. Obviously, the Gamecocks were going to have – pretty significant needs at receiver even with even if Juice Wells had come back on this roster. I mean, you, you would have lost Xavier Leggett. You've lost, you know, an Omega Blake who played snaps, pretty significant snaps for you this year. You're still bringing Nick Carber along, Tyshawn Russell, right, Luke Doty. Um, you need to add some numbers in terms – you need to add volume to that room to to keep the competition, but you also need some guys that can come in and – possibly start for you, right? And now that Juice is going to be playing for another program next year in 2024, that is really amplified. And so you've got, you know, probably three transfer receivers. Maybe it's maybe it ends up being a little less. Maybe it ends up being a little bit more this weekend. Some guys that, as you said earlier, Wes, fast mover, first mover. South Carolina has been in that category or close to it with a few guys coming in. And so – um, you look at the portal, and then you look at high school recruiting, where they have, you know, Mazio Bennett's their their biggest, you know, that's their number one main commitment at receiver. Now, they've they've got to add more to this room. Yeah, for sure, man. And I I think we'll, we'll start to have a, a pretty good idea 
on a lot of these positions a- after this weekend as far as, you know, do, th- do they feel good? And obviously in some cases you want to just go ahead and, and have these guys commit to you, but I think there will be some movement after this weekend. There's some midweek visits next week too, and, uh, you know, I think we'll start to have a much better feel for what this portal class could look like. You can see the pieces coming together in terms of guys they want to be in this portal class. And, you know, man, I mean, there are some, there are some really good players. There are some more situational players, too, that I, I think can help South Carolina. And this uh, this is quickly set up to be a massive recruiting weekend for the Gamecocks. Absolutely, and we'll stay on top of that as the weekend goes along and certainly touch on that next week as uh, as well. But tough night last night on the hardwood for the men's basketball team in the upstate taking on Clemson. We'll talk about that a little bit, wrapping up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Sub. Clemson inbounds, and they will dribble it out. That'll do it. Gamecocks suffer their first loss of the season here at Clemson. Final score, 72-67. Gamecocks fall to 7-1. Clemson remains undefeated with the second-half comeback. They move to 8-0 on the year. Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Derek Scott on the call last night on the Gamecocks Radio Network as the men did fall for the first time this season, 72-67 in the upstate to Clemson to uh, move to 7-1 and one on the year. Obviously, you know, the winning streak had to come to an end at some point. You hate that it was against Clemson, but but this was a game that South Carolina controlled for most of it, and, you know, the second half didn't necessarily go their way, and a lot of the key players for uh, Clemson really heated up down the stretch there in late going, but a very hard-fought game, come up a little bit short, but plenty of things to be excited about going forward with this program. Guys, it's been interesting to see the reaction from the fan base to this loss, and you know, I, I don't I don't think you go the spurrier route of saying, hey, you can't uh, you can't applaud a loss because I, I don't think people are, are quite going to that extent with it. But I, I do think you've seen some very just measured responses to this in that you're facing a top 25 Clemson team. You're at their place. Um, a great despite the the orange construction vest. Yeah, thing. I didn't. I didn't understand what was happening there, but despite a lot of that, uh, good, good crowd. Good, looked like a good uh, student section crowd. And South Carolina went down there and they're up there and belonged on the floor. Really, you could make a case that you know they they, they at least could have won the game. I don't sure. know if you want to go as far as saying should have, but they they belonged on the court with with Clemson and. You know, I, I think, I, you know, I saw some national guys basically saying, look, hey, this, this is a good South Carolina basketball team. There, there were a couple times where Clemson tried to go on runs and South Carolina kind of answered. Uh, they they kind of, I felt like, ran out of time at the end. It, it felt to me like if these two teams had played for, for 10 minutes, it was going to be pretty tight. If they played for 20 minutes, it was going to be pretty – if they played for 30 minutes, like they just felt very evenly matched. Sure. And – when South Carolina was making their shots, they were able to kind of go on a couple of runs. When Clemson was making their shots, they were able to go on a couple of runs. And, you know, I, I think Gamecock fans, rightfully so, are actually still, as much as you hate to add a, a loss to Clemson, I think they're encouraged by what they've seen from this team so far. Yeah, two very evenly matched teams. And <clears throat> I will say when – so at halftime, South Carolina was up, what, seven – 30 to 23. Yeah. yeah, they were up seven at the half. And I did say, you know, 
you don't want to you don't want this game to end and say you you kind of missed your window in that first half because I did walk away from the first half with that feeling. You go, okay, Clemson did not shoot well in that first half. South Carolina was very active defensively. I thought it was a really physical game. I mean, actually, credit the officials. They let them play. You watch some college basketball games, roll your eyes at the officiating. What are you calling? They let them play. Physical game. Good defensive game. Some big shots. Big plays were made on both sides. So it was a really entertaining, enjoyable game, which was really cool to watch. But in that first half, aside from P.J. Hall, Clemson didn't do much, right? And – Saw a lot of groaning from the Clemson side of them not getting him the ball enough in that first half. And so it kind of flipped. Second half, they got going a little bit more. The Gamecocks got a little bit streaky shooting. They missed some opportunities. I mean, even late, guys, there was a B.J. Mack three that with about, what, a minute something left. And I Mm -hmm. think they were down, what, five? Four or five. And that would have cut into it and made it a game. And it just didn't go down. And so my takeaway was your South Carolina in that first half where Clemson shot so so poorly, you needed to build a little bit more of a cushion and take advantage of that. And then second half, you just went a little bit cold. You you didn't walk away from that game thinking, man, Clemson's so much better or South Carolina's so much better. It just it was a very even game. Well, talking about that sequence in the first half, Clemson went almost scoreless for the last near eight minutes of the first half. I think they got their last score with about seven forty left to go. They were tied at twenty three with South Carolina at that point in time. And South Carolina again got seven points down the stretch there to lead to halftime, but they missed a whole lot of opportunities as well that could have built that lead up even more. So maybe if you're up by twelve or, you know, fifteen or something like that going into the half, it's a much different second half because, again, Clemson went out there and shot roughly 60% uh, both from the field and from three in the second half, which ultimately led to the 49 points that they got in route to their win. So a few missed opportunities here and there. You are encouraged by what you saw. Michi Johnson, once again, having another great game. 26 points, went 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. Colin Murray Boyles got out there and played a lot of minutes last night. He's somebody that um, you know got on the court at the end of the George Washington game for a couple minutes at the end of last week. And he's somebody they weren't even expecting to get sizable minutes for maybe a couple more weeks because he is still coming back from his um, from his illness. But he seems to be coming along nicely, had a good block last night, like very encouraged by what you saw, um, even in a loss for South Carolina last night. Man, for him to just step right back in there this quickly, I, I know it's a pretty tough bout with Mono. I thought that was a fantastic sign for, for this team and a fantastic sign for the trust that Lamont Paris maybe has in him, even as a true freshman, even with all that missed time. Uh, you know, now some of it was, hey, kid, you're you're needed. Like it, it seemed like they were trying to throw waves at PJ Hall and just kind of trying to get different matchups there. We saw Josh Gray out there early on, which he hasn't played as much this year. You know, I think they were kind of going back and forth. Let's throw a bigger body at PJ Hall. Uh, let's throw the freshman at him. And you know, he he. I think in terms of just skill and, and upside and potential, there's a lot there. Like it was, it was really easy to see if you like paid attention to him. Why so many in the program had been like bragging on this kid all kind of summer, all off season. And so, I think you keep bringing him along. You, you got to get Chris's boy uh, Studi back, kind of on pace, get back um, in his rhythm a little bit. Yeah, you know, and and shooters, we we see this. It's kind of you know, it's like kickers, it's like golfers. Um, especially when you're relying on, uh, you know, shots as opposed to kind of being a guy who who drives into the lane a lot. Um, you can get off a little bit. You can get back in rhythm a little bit. A lot of the shots that South Carolina were missing, good shots. 
you, you don't you know if you if you get finished with finish up with a game and you look at the shooting percentage and it's bad and you can look back and say man they just took a bunch of terrible shots you know that's one thing I don't think that was the case a lot of times you know uh, and Michi Johnson who who's one of those kind of bailout players like he made some big shots some of them were the shot clock was going down some of them from deep like that's what he does right guy he's fun to watch he, he is a lot of fun six of ten right uh, four four from from the stripe but Mac and Studi, to your point, Wes, they were a combined field goals, four of 21. Not typical, right? If that just flipped, they make a couple more shots each, South Carolina wins, right? That That's just the difference in a game like this. And they were combined also. Studi did have a, a big three, actually, but he was one of five. B.J. Mack, who's a really good three-point shooter, 0 of six. Mm. So, you know, you're one for 11, two of your best shooters, and that's been the biggest, I won't say the biggest, one of the biggest differences in this team this year compared to last year, they can shoot the basketball. And so if it dries up like that, it's going to be tough. Absolutely. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Coming up next, it is the Halftime Show with myself and Terry Ford. Talk a little bit more about what happened with men's basketball last night as well as what's going on with the transfer portal as your Thursday rolls along here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Graduation time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.